So we're here with Lisa today on this episode. What are we going to be talking about today? We are talking about what a uh, split or a duplicate report is on Equifax or TransUnion and how it can have a positive or negative effect on getting your client approved. Um, and it also can be a major time drainer when you're trying to be competitive. Yes, it can. And we'll also go through how to spot it, what alerts or warning signs to look for, and what you can do about it if it ever comes your way. So stay tuned. We're getting started now. Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page and all the links and resources are in the show notes. Today's co-host, uh, a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Pets, kids, I don't know. Anything that uh, that you want to share, let us get to know you a little bit better. Uh, well, I live on a hobby farm, so I don't know that you want my list of pets. But um, yeah, my name is Lisa Last. I've been a mortgage broker now since uh, 2008. Um, and almost two years ago, my family and I made uh, an emotional decision to uproot uh, from the country in Sherwood Park and we moved out to the shoe shops um, and we now live on a hobby farm in Magna Bay. So we, um, I fun. love to cook. So yeah, I, I've always wanted kind of that farm to table concept. And uh, yeah, when um, COVID kind of first reared its ugly head, uh, it felt very Armageddon-y. So we love the idea of uh, being a little bit more sustainable. And uh, yeah, so we've got sheep and chickens and ducks and quail and dogs and cats and guinea pigs and all kinds of fun stuff going on over here. Never well, a dull moment. Uh, that's yeah, uh, so that, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I grew up on an orchard, but uh, not really any animals. So uh, we had, uh, I grew up in Kelowna. So oh, nice. we had the, the orchard uh, and a lot of apples, peaches, fruit, cherries, all that stuff. So that that uh, that's about the uh, as far away from the city as I've been. <laughs> when I had originally reached out, uh, you had a brilliant idea to talk about duplicate reports or, or what mm -hmm. I call split split files. Uh, was there a specific reason why that that topic seemed most relevant to you or? Well, I think, uh, well, first of all, I don't think a lot of brokers realize that we have the support through Equifax Business Services or through a professional like yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And often when you're doing a mortgage for a client, that credit report is a major contributing factor. And when there's information on the report that is incorrect in drawing the score down or incorrect as far as like a debt load or something that hasn't been discharged or whatever, you're in big trouble. And I find often when I see split reports, um, you know, the client says, well, I have two credit cards and they're coming up as a reject. Well, now it becomes very difficult or impossible to use their income with most lenders. And I wonder how many brokers are aware that there's even such a thing. Just so those that haven't come across a split file or, or would know, how, how would you define a duplicate or split file just for those that have never come across it before? Well, as part of the discovery process, when I'm doing the initial application with a client, 
um, one of the things that you're going through with them is, you know, do you have any outstanding, you know, credit? And usually if you've got your consent at that moment, you're pulling the credit bureau. Um, and when that bureau comes right. up um, with missing information or blank or reject or whatever it comes up at, usually that's when you're saying to the client, hey, something is, you know, something is up, uh, something is wrong, something is different about your report, if you don't mind. Um, you know, I'm going to call on your behalf and figure out kind of, uh, you know, what's up. And it's usually pretty clear that something isn't quite right. Um, as you, I find as you kind of grow in this business and you deal with more and more people, you sort of learn what each person might kind of look like on paper as you go through things like employment and bank statements. Somebody that, that's been at the government for 15 years and they're 42 years old and uh, they're a second time buyer should not be a beacon reject that doesn't really make sense. Right. Or if you pull their report um, and they've got one $500 trade line at that stage of the game, you probably know that something's not quite right. Another good indicator is often I find um, when somebody has a very common first and last name, so yes. they can be confused, right? Like Cole Casey, right? Sometimes you'll find, yeah. you know, the Casey can be the first or, Jane Smith, or if they're a junior, you know, there's a long line of Bradleys in the family and, and dad's report appears to be on there. And you're like, hmm, this guy's not, you know, 54. Um, and I always just remind people that, you know, it's data that's imported and inputted and obviously to errors humans. So we do see um, a lot of mistakes on there, but it's cool that we're able to kind of walk them through the process and understand how to fix it. Yeah, because most of the time the clients, even if they do check their own credit report, don't know how to read it. And they, I, I find that people get so distracted with the, the score, mm -hmm. uh, even brokers do. Um, so the consumer very, very focused on the score and that's generally where they stop. And, and now a lot of the online portals and profiles, they make it as if the, the report is hidden on a different tab. So you just see the score. And that's mm -hmm. just what people are drawn to. And, and that's where they stop. But then when you open up the actual report, then you have to, to dig deeper. You have to hit additional buttons to find the personal information. And a lot of the information is hidden or redacted. So as a broker, I, I think that's a, an amazing point for anyone that, uh, that hasn't been in the industry. I can tell you've been in the industry for a while because you still use the word beacon. Any newer brokers wondering what a beacon is, that's what Equifax used to call it. And now they call it the FICO again. Um, but I really appreciate your advice because a lot of brokers just take the credit report at face value. And you and I both know that, that that's um, dangerous and, and you can lose some clients and business because of it. I wanted to bring on an example here of a report. I, I don't know if you've ever looked at the, the multiple file indicator. This is on every credit report, but mm -hmm. I've never seen anything but a zero, even if there are multiple files. <laughs> I think a yeah. lot of people forget like how even being seasoned, like how much information is on the credit report and understanding how to read it. Like it's so, and especially because they keep changing it. <laughs> you know, we have to like 
relearn the wheel all the time. But I mean, there's so much that you can gather from previous employment, previous address history, previous names, just like so many things on the report versus what the clients told you in your mortgage application that you really should be doing an excellent job of cross-referencing. Because there's nothing more embarrassing than submitting to a lender and having the underwriter come back and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And they're all things that are clear as day that you missed. And it's so much nicer to say to the client, hey, what about this or that in advance? So then you can explain it out instead of being kind of caught in the middle, right? Yeah. And and not only embarrassing with the lender, but also your your referral partners or the client themselves, right? When you got to go back and say, oh, well, there's a collection on TransUnion that didn't show up or, or just uh, there's a collection that's showing up, but it wasn't on the report and, and now trying to, the delays on, on that because yeah. the clients always point the finger at, at you, unfortunately. Right. Well, um, and I've so had that, that happen. Yeah. I've had that happen where I pull someone's yes. bureau and the trade lines aren't there that they said that they had and their uh, FICO score was good and their debt load was low. And then I've combined the reports and then all of a sudden their FICO drops and they have drugs on their duplicate report. And now you're like, right. oh man, this sucks. <laughs> it looked way better before I duplicated. There's a couple notifications that show up it's at the top of the credit report. Sometimes it's a valid birth date. Sometimes it's mismatched SIN number. TransUnion doesn't have any. I do really like that Equifax has that on there just because it's a nice kind of notification or alert to mm-hmm. ask some additional questions. Like, yeah, like I agree. Mentioned. I agree. Yeah. I think it's great. Because we naturally, when if a client's doing an application online, you know, depending on what platform they're using, a cell phone or whatever, they can key it in, you know, they can right. reverse the the month with the day or even yourself, obviously, when you're typing things through, yes. it can just happen. I did one the other day and a client came up with, you know, nothing on the report. Like, What's going on? This is so weird. She says she has a credit card. She didn't give me her legal name. It's shocking. It's very, very shocking how many clients forget to tell you their legal name when they're applying for a mortgage. You think it would be a no-brainer when you ask for for the name. But yeah, and so I I called her up and said, hey, you said you had a credit card and such because I had phoned Equifax to ask if there was a split report. The gal on the phone said, I can't find anything. You're going to have to call the client and double-check her SIN and and get her... um, and get her uh, credit card number. And, you know, sure enough, I called her and she's like, oh right. yeah, actually my legal name is such and such. And it was like, ah, okay. That might make it a little oh. bit easier to pull your credit report with your legal name. The danger for the client and the broker is that you cannot proceed with either a pre-approval or an actual approval on a property um, until you can prove right. to the right. lender that person's credit worthiness. So now, depending on what market you're in, um, you know, if you're in one of these crazy like Calgary right now or Vancouver, Toronto, you need to move fast. The client doesn't have time to, you know, change things up. So if you know how to do it and what to do and what a split report is, you can ask the right questions to the client up front, assure them that you'll have it taken care of and get it addressed immediately. I haven't had a lot of split reports where they don't come up as a reject. And then when I phone in, I find out, oh, okay, there, there is a combined report. Sometimes it's uh, obvious just as an example here, have Karen, this is what came up, nothing, or it's a a reject. Quick questions to say, you know, do you have any credit? And she had a line of credit and a credit card with a major bank. Uh, She also had a loan with a non-major bank, but uh, none of that showed up with Equifax. And even on TransUnion, only one old loan was, was paid off. 
So sometimes you can uh, sidestep or double check or verify by pulling a transunion report so that uh, that you kind of see what's going on there. But right. sometimes it's it's wrong on both or it's just uh, they they don't use their legal name. <laughs> it just just didn't pull it up, just didn't attach it to the right person and, mm -hmm. and couldn't find anything. And I like your advice there about really checking the credit report. Uh, Equifax added what they call the AML waterfall, the anti-money laundering verification. So if you see all these things up at the top of a report now, it may look like a lot more mess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what I like about it is it compares your entry versus what is recorded on the report. Uh, right. So it's good to go through and, and look but even if you're not looking at it, the lender is definitely looking at it uh, because they uh, they are trained to to look at that because it's something as a huge benefit for them to see if there are multiple files or something missing, something going on that uh, that hasn't been around. So important. And it's a neat piece for us to have. And you had mentioned checking addresses, even the old ones, because that's a a big indication that there's been some kind of fraud or that the report is pulling information from someone else with a similar name. And, and so if you see an address, or I always suggest going through the addresses in detail with your client, just to make sure that it's not pulling something on there. And then you, you had mentioned like AKAs or, or just like nicknames and, and middle names or, or going by a name that's not your legal name. Uh, I, I get that a lot. Cause this extra paperwork at the lawyer, like on the broker side, when the lender sees those AKAs, so you'll see them a lot mm -hmm. when a name is spelt incorrectly. And so somebody will have, you know, four or five AKAs on their bureau. Um, so like, like, let's say it's Kathy Morris, Kathy Morin, Kathy M-O-R-I-S, not double. And then what will happen is the lender will ask the lawyer to get the client to sign a statutory declaration that they're one and the same or whatever it may be. And it can be a little bit right. confusing because they aren't those people. <laughs> those were typos or whatever it may have been in the past from people entering um, your client's data. Another big one to watch out for is previous names. Your client's claiming single on the application or married on the application, but they have two former names. on. Yeah, red flag, red flag. Yeah, red yeah, flag. That's a, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and why is that just so that brokers that uh, maybe are, are newer uh, don't know why that's such a red flag for an underwriter? Well, the thing that's confusing about it is you can only ask a client so many questions before, uh, you know, it can get a little bit awkward. You know, what is your marital status? You know, when you're sitting with a husband and wife, we are married. Um, you don't yep. necessarily at that stage of the game sit in front of them and say, well, are, are you also divorced? You know, usually at that first stage in the biologics application, because it's right at the top, you know, name, address, phone number, marital yeah. status. It's not typically for most people until you get down to the liability section of biologics or Finastra or whatever we're calling it these days, their door, or whatever, that Finmo, that you're asking the person yeah. um, if they have any liabilities um, towards, you know, would you know, child support, alimony, or whatever it may be. But what it will do, again, hot market, busy times, we don't have time to be finding an old... People love to burn their um, marriage documents. 
their um, certificate no. of war, stuff like that. They that. tuck it away. It becomes a very, very unimportant document in most people's lives. And you know what? I haven't been divorced, but I don't blame people. And so if you have to right. uh, order a new one because the lender wants to see proof of that, again, in a market, when you want to be a competitive mortgage broker who's on top of things, you don't want to have to explain to the realtor or the client well, I didn't ask you if you were divorced and now it's popping up upon submission and now we have a delay. Yeah, so those underwriters are looking at those AKAs or previous names because they want to see if they're if you have been married, then they want to know the story behind that yeah. up front. What is it? Alimony. You just said it and I can't think of it. Alimony, Alimony or child yes. support. Or child yeah. support or mm -hmm. any of that kind of stuff. My experience, it's been a while since I've talked to a client about this, but yeah. but when I had done it, it was very much, they didn't really think that was a, a liability or, or a debt payment. It was just, I don't know, you, you have to bring attention to it, which can be a very awkward conversation for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, so I just wanted to quickly uh, reaffirm some of the, the most common, I'll say victims of, of split files. Mm -hmm. uh, so people that are new to Canada, any guesses why new to Canada are such a big target for split files? A lot of the time it has to do with that name spelling, I think. People in Canada can't spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can't spell foreign names. Uh, right. Or I, actually, it's not even that like in because uh, I lived in Argentina for a bit. And, mm -hmm. and the way that they do it in South America is very much having the, the mother's maiden name. And so they have multiple names uh, but i find as well because they came into canada with a nine sin number mm -hmm. and then they get some credit and then now they got their landing status and that changes to a six so that's right. something to to be careful about because they're generally pretty excited to give you their new sin number <laughs> but then uh, all of a sudden that's not the sin number that they originally set up credit with and then that, that can cause an issue. So I, I see that a lot. Uh, yeah, one thing to look for there as well um, that I find, with, especially with people that are new to Canada, is if you're looking at their address history, it's very important, especially when they're on a visa, to understand how long they've actually been in Canada. Because with some insurers, there's a certain time period in which they need to be here, and then they want to see them convert over to a permanent resident. So if you have a client that's been in Canada too long, it can, again, pose some questions. And the one thing that you'll find interesting is SIN numbers are provincial. So a six is in Alberta yes. and a one is to Ontario and such. So that's another thing to look out for. If a client gives you their SIN number and their SIN number, let's say, is a one, um, but their bureau doesn't show um, a previous address history um, of, of being in Toronto or Ontario, and they didn't tell you about that. Right. Again, you, you need to be asking more questions like, oh, you know, your, your social insurance number starts with this. Did you originally come through Toronto? Oh, actually, yeah, I live with my aunt in Toronto for six months. So again, it's just more questions that the lender is going to ask that doesn't match the report when we're looking for fraud red flags. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll put in the, the resource section a link to an image that has which number uh, based on which province they came right. on, uh, just so that brokers have that information handy and and can use it as as a resource to figure that system out. <laughs> yeah, it's a great talking point too. I know when I'm working with clients, I'm often throughout the application process 
trying to make it lighter, trying to crack jokes, trying to make it more enjoyable because I know for myself personally, even being in this business, I mean, I've done finance for like 20 plus years. The idea of going into a bank and applying for a loan, I, I just, it, it, it guts me. I just hate the concept of it. And you're sitting there and the person staring down at you across the desk, asking you about your assets and how much money you have. And you just feel, I personally just feel so small and, and meek when I'm in those appointments. <laughs> you're just waiting to be declined, you know, especially being self-employed for so many years. And so I find if you can make jokes and make light of things as you go through. And one of the big ones that I always say is, you know, when they're like, oh, my SID number is 735. I'm like, oh, you're from BC, which part, you know, again, it's just another kind of talking point with the client to make them feel a little bit more comfortable. And they're always a little bit amused by the fact that you know how that works. Uh, question for you, completely off topic. I'll bring it back on topic here uh but uh are you a fan of the kardashians i don't really follow a lot of that kind of thing i'm not a tv watcher so I, i'm not up to date on on what's going on you know with with a lot of that kind of stuff uh the reason why i bring it up is because i think they were amazingly smart to name all their kids as unique as they did <laughs> yeah. so those kids will never have to deal with a split file because of the fact that <laughs> no one else is named like Northwest or yeah. uh, Chicago West, Psalm yeah. West. I, and yeah, so that's the only reason why I bring it up. Because as you Fair had enough. mentioned, uh, people with common names, especially when parents name them after them, them their kids after themselves, then that, mm -hmm. that causes a lot of issues. Because now you have the same name, same address or previous address, and then all of a sudden you're getting everyone else's information on on each other's and mm -hmm. and it's a disaster i i get that all the time yeah. that's an important thing again to look at when you are doing that deep dive into your client's credit bureau look at when the accounts were opened in the opened column and again we we are profiling our client it's an important thing that we do whether you want to call it that or not um it is our job right. to um, make sure that the client that we're working with we understand them um you know know your client right um, CYA. Um, so you should be looking and if your client is 35 years old and has been on the credit bureau for 25 years, you know that something is not quite right. And I've had it before where a client's yeah. got an outstanding debt, especially something high, like 150 grand line of credit or something weird. And you can see that it was opened up 20 years prior. And you can clearly say to the underwriter, listen, this is not my client's account. How the heck would he get a $150,000 line of credit when he was 10 years old? But the underwriter simply shoots back. Understandably so. However, unless you're going to have it removed, I'm debt servicing right. it. And that's when you find out that that's actually dad's or uncle's debt. Again, same household, same address, same name. And off you go. Yeah. And all, all that would be much easier to get it corrected before the underwriter sees it <laughs> for, yes, for sure. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very important um, to get that, uh, to get that addressed uh, up front. Same thing with any collections that haven't fallen off the bureau, or if you see that a client, um, you know, the, the, probably the number one mistake I see on credit bureaus is uh, a client had a consumer proposal or bankruptcy. They yeah. paid their time. They did their dues. It's been discharged. It's past the three year mark. Um, and those, it shows right on there included in, you know, bankruptcy or whatever, but they haven't fallen off. 
um, and they should have, and that should, yes. the client should get a second chance and they, they're being marked by the, by the lender because the lender can see these, these past things. Um, I find that's probably one of the number one things I'm helping clients um, to achieve when they've gone through something like that is um, the paperwork just hasn't been filed properly and they're getting unfairly judged um, on something that shouldn't yes. actually be showing on the bureau. In your experience, it, it seems pretty easy to get split files merged. I've had pretty good success with it. Um, yeah, I, I haven't okay. had a lot of problems phoning in and getting it addressed. Um, again, usually the um, you know the person at Equifax can find it. Occasionally they can't, and what you have to do is get the client's full credit card number or something like that, so that they can do kind of a deeper dive and figure out um, which account numbers. Usually, credit is the easiest because they have it right in their pocket. Most people don't know like the account number on their car loan or something, right? Uh, but you do right. definitely want to be careful. Um, another big one that I see um, that a lot of people get confused on if you're from the West here is that a lot of vehicle loans in the East um, are registered at the top of the, the credit report and they kind of appear almost like yeah, a judgment or a collection because they're a security. And, and so that can confuse people as well, depending on who you borrow from, right? If you're borrowing from, you know, lenders in the East Laurentian, that kind of thing, um, it, they do register differently and, and understanding again what that means. So you're not stuck in front of the client kind of doing the and, um, ooh. That's really important. Um, and I'm glad to hear that uh, the process has been good for you. I, I get some brokers that try and, and aren't so successful because they mm. want the client to go and call themselves and, that is a terrible process for the client to do. <laughs> oh. um, so it's it's something where if, if you do need help, uh, definitely you can try it yourself. If you do need help with either Equifax or TransUnion on, on that, uh, then of course uh, I can always point you in the right direction. But I find that Equifax and TransUnion go in cycles where they're very helpful and quick. And then other times they, they like change their policies or they want different things. And so sometimes yeah. what used to be easy then becomes hard and then gets easy again. And and so if you're up against that, feel free to reach out. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely been some moments where I haven't been able to handle things on my own and I've had to get in touch with you. And it's so great that you were able to open the company that you have to help um, to right. help brokers like us, because like I said, it, these things impede the ability for a client to move forward. And if they have to do something on their own, we all know the process can be painful. And to be fair, I have been out of the game for a while, so I'm a little bit rusty. And I did notice my um, I went to fix an Equifax uh, error recently and found out that I have to oh, phone yes. in and get a form. And so it, it has definitely changed. So I'm sure we'll probably be needing your services more. I also recommend <laughs> if you get the person on the phone and they don't help you, if you hang up and call back, <laughs> sometimes you'll get somebody new Wait, and they're you get much a different help. answer. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, have. yeah. That, that's uh, definitely true because they, they seem to have different answers. So if you don't like the answer you got, uh, try, try, try again. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's a good piece of advice for sure. Uh, so for I, I just want to kind of wrap it up here more on the opportunity for brokers. Uh, just kind of come full circle from what we had originally talked out uh, talked about is when you're looking at the credit report, reviewing it in detail, looking for the different alerts, uh, going through the accounts and the personal information to see if there's anything there uh, that can help you save a deal, but can also allow you to land more deals just because then 
people are in the same situation come to you or maybe even develop a relationship with a bank mortgage specialist who then doesn't want to deal with that, you can help or, or other people in your brokerage. You just become the, the person that deals with that kind of stuff. Um, but it can mm -hmm. help you build, build your own business on that. So that's great. Yeah. I, I think it's important for sure. Yeah. It's a great topic. I'm glad that you brought that up. Lots of resources coming your way with different episodes for brokers on that for sure. Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Look forward to it. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the see more button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.